So this evening's uh, Dharma talk is basically because we couldn't, where, we, where uh, Uno and I live, 10 miles from here, we uh, couldn't continue to do this because our, um, our internet service is uh, not particularly strong, shall we say. So we're here at the, in the Zendo at the monastery. Everyone's keeping their distance. The three uh, monks who live here and the little tiny monk, Arumi, uh, are all keeping their distance. And we can barely see them down at the other end of the Zendo. So we're doing the best we can, but to try to slow, go slow and create a situation where we can continue to uh, possibly show up even once or twice a week to do this. But at least until our internet gets strong, again, possible. So tonight's uh, talk is titled Less is Best. And of course, the title is just an excuse to say some of the same stuff. So when I say less is best uh, or less is better, uh, it's um, it's the idea and the word that keeps coming up is a minimal minimalist approach. So to everything, uh, even sitting practice of meditation, um, sit down, hold still. It's a very minimal uh, instruction. It's not, and I've done some extremely complicated ones. As a lot of people have, especially Tibetan practices are very, very involved, ornate, elaborate, and will test your memory, if not everything else. So when something shows up in the mind stream triggered by your world, your situation, your family, friends, relatives, Sangha members for that matter, employment, and so on, um, insofar as you're able, um, don't do don't do too much with it. Don't necessarily jump into any kind of conclusions or ideas or elaborations on any of that. You've heard me say this so many times, and other teachers say the same thing, similar way. But that being said, if if you find yourself ramping it up somewhere, uh, just watch watch that energy arise out of being triggered, and if you can, pull back a little bit. It's a, it's a, it is a kind of renunciation where you don't need to know something else. It's kind of like you hear a noise in the other room and you don't immediately jump to any conclusion about it at all. You just, it's just a noise. So you don't immediately abandon what you just heard for ideas about it. Of course, if the, if the noise automatically uh, identifies itself, I mean, everybody knows what a raccoon sounds like. You know, if you're a raccoon, you probably should go in and uh, show at the door. And of course, when I say less is best, I'm talking about the mind that's always adding, always subtracting, judging, subtracting, uh, uh, ignoring or dividing. Who cares? Or distract ourselves. We see something and something about that shows up in such a way that we're just not going there. Maybe it's a kind of a some other situation is just under the surface there and we kind of sense something. And we just go somewhere else. It's kind of like seeing somebody that is kind of tiring to be around and they're walking towards you in a, in a cr- crowded room, or maybe these days probably not a crowded room, and you just try to find something else to do. Uh, it's kind of sneaky. So insofar as you can, just receive. And rather than uh, go into that function of just allowing something or receiving something that is moving your way, whether it's your own thought patterns whether it is your, the complications you're making up or inventing around a particular, um, maybe an argument you're having with someone and there's more things showing up, less is best. The less you add on, the less you evaluate, the less you calculate, figure out, or try to get some kind of strategy around that, 
that's best. And if you'll notice, if you when you begin to work in that area, if in fact this makes any sense to you at all, if it doesn't trigger something or don't think, well, maybe that would be something to apply or think about or reflect on or or sense. Uh, if you don't see that, maybe maybe you should do something else. And you'll notice that something occurs that is um, maybe irritating or threatening or bothersome. You'll notice that instead of just staying with the basic feeling of it, which is less because that just occurred, so you can do nothing about that. But what we do is, since we want to have some kind of subtle control over everything, at least the illusion of control, we do what? Anything happens, add on. We add on thoughts about it. It should be, it shouldn't be, it's okay. Uh, I think I'm being more mindful now. The elaborations are just endless. It, uh, ego is will all exhaust you if you're trying to get rid of your ego. Not a good idea. And when I say not a good idea, you might have to do some of that. It gets exhausting, so you can see that. So it kind of occurs to you, and it's probably going to be a very simple, a less is best kind of insight. You'll see that oh, I don't really have to do that. That might it might not even show up as that in conclusion. It might be just before you say I don't have to do that. You actually see that, and you don't cover up what you just saw with the conclusion of what I don't have to do that. That's ego talking. Uh, ego is very very subtle and very sneaky about trying to get any kind of little tiny little, even for ego less is best. It will settle for any little tiny breadcrumb, maybe. Very difficult to, you could apply or understand or grok this kind of a suggestion, uh, it, unless you're doing a lot of sitting meditation, sit down, hold still, watch, sit down, hold still, observe, sit down, hold still, and just receive whatever is showing up, whatever is coming in the mind stream. We just did that for, what, 20 minutes or an hour, I don't know how long it was. But we're sitting here and we're just just receiving what's happening. And if it if it's show, showing up as success, not so good. If it's showing up as failure, not so good. If it's showing up as neutral, not so good. No position, less is best. Sit down, hold still, and just, I'll say it this, I'll say it very literally, just vanish. Read the Heart Sutra. Better yet, read the Diamond Sutra and try to figure that one out. That is a deliberate monkey wrench for ego. Clunk. Can't do it. It's this because it's not this. That's why it's this. It's this because it's not this. That's why it's this. It's a monkey wrench for any kind of calculating mind, which is the way ego functions. Less is best. Unless it comes to sitting meditation, in which case, uh, less, less. Less of avoiding sitting meditation is best. <laughs> You're waiting for that one. <laughs> I usually say, of course, meditation, you should sit. So uh, you could even say that even sitting meditation is a kind of less. It's less, you're less thrashing around moving. And anytime you move your hand from here to there, the mind, the conscious mind, this state, whole situation is not separate. It's, it's, a, it's an incredible illusion. And you get on your bike to go to the store and you're riding and you're almost there to the store. Uh, and then your daydream is actually, you don't, you can't even see what's in front of you because uh, that aspect of the mind, which is not a self, is actually uh, not showing up as a me, is uh, getting into the store because that's what you do all the time. Whereas that area that shows up as a narcissism or the seventh consciousness, as they say in the Yogacara tradition, that's very busy 
sorting things out back home or wondering what's going to happen when uh, your new uh, uh, coworker comes in that you already know you don't like that person. I can answer questions. Cheers up. Cheers on bowing. A little louder. Is less different than reducing? I, I think uh, I think reducing might be it's a good question. I think reducing is kind of where it starts at, and that starts by seeing how much there is. How much of just it's just incessant. But to reduce, uh, I, I think reducing it's a little fishy because it has a kind of a goal orientation in, the, in which your mind, instead of actually looking at the, the negativity, the looking at the, the accumulation of this and that and up and down and back and forth and right and wrong, and I shouldn't, I shouldn't, and they shouldn't, they shouldn't, well, they've just done this, just done that. Just observing that seems to be enough for our just natural intelligence to, to begin to see what that is. And without even coming to a conclusion, just see that's a... Um, well, I'll conclude something about it, but it won't show up as this conclusion. It's just a waste of time. It's just a lot of extra. It's like uh, it's like the what's the, the the book I'm writing? We were just talking about Fun elements of style. Elements of style by um, Strunk and White. Strunk and White. Elements of style. Has anybody read that book? Uh, one of the things in the book uh, that's a very powerful. It's for writers, and it's a very powerful statement. And that statement is. Omit useless words. Omit useless thoughts. Oh, okay. And how do you omit them? You don't have to omit them if you just see there. If you just see there, it's just extra stuff. It's it's so simple when you see it, and you see that they just kind of because you don't give them any or any you don't push them down. Not, not about getting rid. It's not about strengthening, and it's certainly not about ignoring it. But if you just look at it, it's just like you have a puzzle. Of uh, that has pieces in it, you know what puzzles are. And you have a, a jigsaw puzzle? Yeah. You have a jigsaw puzzle, and it's of a jigsaw. And you see that you get it all put together, and there's a bunch of extra pieces. But an ego will try to figure out a way to get those in there because it wants that. Com the complication is the way it keeps its called propaganda. So, you know, the, the puzzle metaphor is only going to work so far without uh, it being very puzzling. So I would say just, if you just look at the proliferation of the things about ego that have a little uh, tab on them where the emotions hook on to the thought patterns. So there's some kind of emotional dynamic that comes in and says, yes, you, what you're thinking there is because of the feeling behind it. I sometimes say, I, I don't care how you feel. Of course I care how I feel. I don't want you to feel bad. I, terrible to see anybody suffer or feel bad, but I can't be too concerned about your emotional dynamics going up and down because I, I could be like, a, be like a doctor being so concerned with somebody you couldn't even, couldn't even cut them open to, you know, transplant their uh, brain or something. They transplant brains. Yeah. So I'll have to ask uh, Mark about that. <laughs> he would know. Other questions? She is on bowling. I'm not sure how to put this together yet, but I'm thinking of if you have a responsibility to help maintain something, whether it's here at uh, the monastery with forms or elsewhere, how do you do less while still having to manage? I guess I'm just wondering about that balance. It'd be a lot easier for me to do nothing. It seems that it's just a matter of just being practical about it and just whatever whatever the form is, whatever... It's the idea, I've heard that saying, keep your agreements. You can make an agreement to, 
to observe a form or support a form or, or create a form or hold a form or however that shows up. Just keep your agreements to do that and don't spend a lot of time spinning around. Why should I? Shouldn't I do it this way? Why don't I get any help doing this? And so on. If, if, if I'm understanding your question, unless there's some aspect of it, I'd say just keep it, be very practical about it as it says in Zen tradition. Uh, before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. And um, that dynamic also speaks to the state of mind, if you want to use that phrase, the state of mind before awakening and the state of mind after awakening are not dissimilar. I wouldn't say they're exactly the same. Because even what is, what is the state of mind? Like, is there some kind of state of mind? No, it's just mind. Mind uh, takes all kinds of shapes and can do anything. It's hard for me to read your facial expressions because half your face is gone. <laughs> kind of like trying to, kind of like trying to see what it is. Yeah, zombie, zombies. Three monks with no mouth. <laughs> so I probably should have mine on so I don't spit on anybody or not. Further question? You have one there. Yes, Junshu asks. Sometimes it seems like the more I sit, the less energy I seem to have. Could doing less cause us to have less energy? That's it's not been my experience. I'm not saying that that couldn't be happening, but it could be. You know, the, the causes and conditions that arise around any given state of mind or way of feeling or feeling of having energy, feeling of not having, having energy, as we all know, uh, could be anything from just something that's happening. It could be anything from, a, well, these days, a virus or uh, could be. Uh, your diet could be so many things that are that are untraceable. Sitting meditation, I don't think so, but I don't know that as a fact. Mm. Doesn't seem like it. Yeah, if you have more about that or more other questions, I'll endeavor to address it. There's 31 people in there. Well, I'm not sure there are people. Further questions if you have them? It's kind of a simple topic, but there's a lot of room to go. And you can leave the topic and go in another direction if you have a question. Goes on. So you were talking, can you hear me? No, I can't hear you. A little bit, a little bit louder. You were giving the example about driving a car. You know, you, you can do something while you're driving and you get there. And it, that kind of happened automatically. Would mm -hmm. your whole life be like that if you weren't having the stream of thoughts going? No, you'd actually drive the car. No, it'd be the other way around. No, you would. You wouldn't be blanking out. And life would be very boring. You just drive the car. No entertainment mind happening. Maybe. Go ahead. So, in that example, it seems like sometimes when we're doing an activity that we know well and it's automatic that we can even think of other things. It's easy to do that stuff, but if you think of how. Think about doing what you already know how to do, and then it becomes self-conscious and awkward. Yes. So. So how can we? How can we um, be more? Um, more better. More better. More <laughs> present. But I don't want to say that because I, you know, be there for what we're doing, but not so self-conscious yeah. that it's awkward. Yeah, this is a the way uh, uh, Trump Trump uh, addressed that as a. Uh, having the, your whole body is out of sync, your body, speech, mind, you're all doing different things. And so synchronizing, uh, synchronizing the whole thing uh, is what sitting meditation is about. You're actually, things are slowly 
well, maybe maybe speedily, but probably slowly beginning to synchronize. You don't you don't do things that you're that the, the thinking mind has knows its place, and when you need thoughts, uh, they're not in the service of a of a self centered person who's worried about results or worried, the, they're not worried about anything. There's just the awareness which doesn't have uh, thoughts happening in it necessarily, and this is why you're you're always. Uh, to put it very literally, uh, not promoting the whole idea of a present moment or staying in the now or something like that, but it's it's you're always here. It's always now, and you can say, "Well, yeah, it's always now." But I, I mean, really, there there is no future, or past. Those are the misunderstanding and the the, the fear based or hope based or uh, the extreme based mind. It's constantly going back and forth, back and forth. You're free of that. You're free of the extremes. And so you don't look any different than anybody else. It's just that you don't panic and freak out. Uh, even, even without showing, you don't kind of have an interior kind of panic. Going. Somebody comes up and insults you, you receive it. And you, you actually see what it is rather than you think that you're a person and they're a person and they should, they should respect you. Unless you don't. You can, it also can happen the other way where you're very, very offended by something. But it's not different than when you're not offended at all. Why? Why? I'll say it. I'll ask why. Why? Because it's not two. It's not separate. And that's why it's so terrifying to ego, because ego thinks there's good and bad and up and down and back and forth in life and death. And then that's uh, it's unreal. It's unreal. What is real? This. And what is this? This. Don't cover it up with your ideation, your thought patterns, your judgment, your evaluations. Seems to take a spiritual path to be able to realize this. Otherwise, the mundane path uh, is always... Uh, grasping or rejecting or shutting down and looking for credit, looking for results, trying to find out, well, what was this like if somebody says uh, to me, what, what medit- what's meditation going to do for me? I say, probably nothing. Well, why should I meditate? And you know what? I would say, well, don't meditate. Don't, don't meditate. Go do something else. Don't waste your time on it. But if you're suffering and you're having difficulty, this might be a good idea to train your mind. If somebody's listening to me, of course, I'm going to say train your mind. And I don't, it doesn't actually mean train your mind, but if you do mind training, you actually find out what the mind is and you can't train the mind, but you have to train the mind in order to see that you, it's not about training the mind. It's about seeing what mind is. There isn't anywhere you look. It isn't mind, mind only. Everything is perception. Come and get me. She's on by. What is behind when you say, come and get me? What are you asking? I'm saying, I'm saying, come and get me. I'm not saying, come and insult me. I don't mean that. I'm saying, you're listening to someone talk. And you're, if you think there's someone here talking, I'm after them. I'm not saying there's not a physical form. of Obviously, there's a, an aging form here with a certain voice and a certain kind of sense of humor or lack thereof. And I'm saying, if you think there's someone here, come get me. As I said earlier, I said, I'm not saying come and try to poke holes in me or be mean or make a fool of me. Although you could do that. I'm perfectly willing to be a fool. Oh, yeah. Does that more about that? Ask, ask more. You said what you're not saying, but what are you saying? I'm saying ask me questions. The difficult, let's do this together. I can't do it. There can't be a, unless there's a really strong student, there can't be a strong teacher. It's always two. It's not, the teacher isn't here and the poor little student down here. It's It's, the way it looks to me is it's equal. It's, it's, it's not separate. You could call it equal or not equal. You could say the sun and the moon are equal. There's um, 
times when maybe I've come after you and other times when I haven't and, and everything in between, but I don't necessarily have a bank of all the answers to the questions I've asked. So what is happening in the interaction that is so valuable that's not the information being conveyed? Paraphrase yourself. What's so important about asking questions? Answers. <laughs> well, as I said before, the way I give a Dharma talk is to ask myself a question. So I say, I think this one started out earlier today. I was, I might have been talking to you or I was talking to myself, saying, well, talk about, should I talk about three? Because sometimes Junshu will say, hey, you, you have a talk title? She didn't say it. She texted me. And then, and I don't ever have one. <laughs> and I look at that question and I think I gotta, I gotta say something. So I come up with something and then I talk about it. So today I was, uh, the first thing that came up with the three types of uh, suffering or pain, since that's something that's been showing up. And it's showing up the way Rupert J is doing it. It's a little bit different than what I do. And I don't disagree with them. I just, my, my understanding of it, uh, there's a, shows up a little. So I started that and then, and I thought less, less is better. No, less is best. I've not given that talk. And I think I have given a couple of less is better talks. I th and I thought about saying less is butter, and I thought no, that's just too stupid. And then I'd have to come up with some kind of cute thing to say. Yes. Shoto would like to know if our questions expose ourselves. Yes, that's a secret teaching. Yeah, if you ask me a question, I see the way you're confused. And, and it might not be, you know, I, it doesn't mean that I I'm, I see it, oh, no, now that I see that. No, there'll be an interchange around, I'll do my best to respond to it and be respectful to the question and respond to it as best that I can uh, without getting in, the way, getting in the way of your insight. But, you know, very much so questions. Uh, was that Shoto? Yeah, Shoto's questions vividly, and I, I know you're going to appreciate this, Shoto, because I know you want to help your teacher, but your questions sh vividly show me the way in which your mind keeps running around like three squirrels in the same cage. Not, it's not, uh, not a criticism. It's just that it, you could say it's a compliment because most people's mind does not run on greased rails like yours does. And then other people have a different kind of way of, of opening up and then shutting down. Open right up and then shut right down. So there's more room there. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, as a follow-up to her uh, question on less energy. She asks, it seems like I feel more and more lazy when I sit more. <laughs> How does less relate to lazy? They both start with L. So, and they're, uh, no, that's not going to work. <laughs> less lazy. I, I don't know how, you know, to respond to that in a way that would be fundamentally helpful. I don't think of you as being lazy. There isn't anybody here uh, that's practicing at the monastery that you could really call lazy. There are people that uh, avoid work, maybe. You know anybody that avoids work? <laughs> people, some people don't want to do certain things, but I wouldn't call it lazy. They just don't want to do that. So I'm not sure, uh, uh, Junchu, uh, if I were to talk, to talk to you in an interview, I might ask you how much you're sitting. I might ask you to describe what happens when you're sitting. So I might go into your personal situation more. I don't think there's a general thing I can say about that that would be helpful to you or to others without being more specific about it, about your actual practice, about your body po posture, about how long you're 
maintaining uh, your position before you adjust. Uh, how much stubbornness? You're a pretty stubborn uh, woman, as you know. I'm telling you anything new, and so some of your practice uh, may have to be have have to do with a kind of ignoring uh, that could turn into uh, sleepiness. I don't know. We'll talk about it. A lot of times, people will talk to me and never mention their practice, never talk about it. Not that they need to. Another. Uh, Wendy from Traverse asks, is there action without any thought, i.e. subliminal thought? Well, I don't know about subliminal. Uh, that's not a word I would use particularly. But yes, there's there's action without all, thought all the time, just like the one of driving to the store and your thought is about something else. And you're just actually you're in a groove that you've gone to that store many times. So you don't actually have to apply some kind of thinking process to it. So there's that kind. And then there's the kind where you're, you are never anywhere but here. And so, therefore, the awareness and the thinking process and any kind of action that shows up is, uh, is completely synchronized in the sense that it is the, the body, speech, mind, the whole complex. Nothing is in disagreement. So, therefore, there's no – so the whole right or wrong or correct or incorrect or accurate or inaccurate is uh, – if that shows up, that's uh, extra and is about trying to improve something that is fundamentally unreal. Uh, Brian David asks, why is it all about me, myself, and I all day long? Why is it? Well, say passion, aggression, ignorance, open fear, all of those things. But just to, just that you say that, that's not so, so bad. A lot, of, uh, a lot of people, it's all about them all day long, and they don't really know it. They, they actually block that part out and think that their thoughts and their emotions have some kind of uh, ultimate validity to them. They deserve this and they don't deserve that. And why did this happen to them? Whereas in your situation, if you're saying if you're saying that's happening all day long, uh, that's an, that's part of awareness. And I would say don't fight with it. Don't try to get rid of it. And don't take it as a credential that uh, I'm so tuned into my craziness. Do nothing with it. Just observe it. And uh, if you just observe something, you don't push on it, you don't pull on it, and you don't shut down, it will wear out because it's impermanent. So it, it, it gets its fuel from what all the things, hope and fear, hope for something better, fear of something worse, uh, and all the triggers that go off in, in our mind, uh, in our mind stream that are uh, bring about uninspected un or un- Areas of the consciousness of the mind stream that is that we have shut down on or unaware of. Eric Wilson has a question. He asks, what does it look like to respect our own confusion? That's a good one. I think it's a it's a turnabout that can happen with any practitioner. And I, I have some students that I think that is happening. If, if not is happening, has happened with them. Not everybody. But uh, it's something where you, where you the way uh, my uh, teacher uh, Trump Rinpoche would refer to that, would talk about that, would be a willingness to be a fool. Also, you're trying to clean up your act artificially and make yourself look good to yourself. But just willingness. Uh, if that goes on long enough, eventually it will begin to show up maybe 30 years from now as humility. But not the kind of humility that where people think you're humble. No, they, they might actually think you're full of yourself. But, but you know who you are. You know Nobody can nobody can take your your deep understanding uh, of you who you are. I mean, what this what this is, you know it. 
So it's called confidence and it's not conditional. It's not, it's not based on right around up and down, back and forth, life or death. Buddhas are sentient beings. Enlightenment or confusion is not based on, has no basis. Realize it. I'll help you. You want to help. Jim Johnson has a question. He says, hello, could you discuss the relationship or difference between intuition and awareness? Aware, aware, uh, awareness is just receiving the way I talk about it. You're just whatever you're showing. There's a, a flower arrangement. There's a uh, Uno's voice repeating what uh, Jim says. I can see my hand move here as I talk. Kind of like, a, whoops, you can see that move. I can see people sitting at the other end of the zendo. And so, so. Awareness versus intuition. So intuition would be the, the kind where you're, you're, you're actually looking for something. Awareness is not looking for anything. It just, whatever shows up, that's it. Nothing extra. The intuition has, is trying to take the awareness and, and punch holes in things. You can kind of intuit something. Uh, the other way in, uh, uh, intuition works is something shows up in awareness that you didn't expect that doesn't have a, dep a parent dependent origination. And you think you're pretty smart. You think you're, hmm, you know, Jim, isn't it Jim? No, you know, Jim, I have a gut feeling that you were a cowboy in a past life. In fact, I'm sure of it. Every time you walk across a Zendo, I, I hear spurs. Jingling. Hmm. <laughs> I love you, Jim. <laughs> Thank you for loving me. Or not disagreeing with me anyway. <laughs> Yes. Uh, Soko Ann has a question. Wait a minute. Were you looking at your watch because you're running out of time? Well, because you don't care for what your teacher's saying? Oh, you want to cough. I can't see his face. So I can't see if he's upset or not. <laughs> oh, good. He's smiling. That's good. That's a difficult thing. If you notice this whole social thing where you're walking down the road and everybody looks alike. So nobody, nobody's, everybody's like... You don't know, and if the mass, the wind blows the mass up, sometimes they're going, <laughs> and other times they're like half asleep or the tongue's hanging out. So, sorry, dumb humor. Go ahead. I do this at home all the time. I'm not sure why this is an exception. I'm glad you're feeling better. I am. My, my, uh, my, uh, what do they call those? Perpendicular pain. Perpendicular pain. What are they called? Herniated disc? A herniated disc is not bothering me now, and it was driving me crazy several times a day with uh, extreme ice pick-like spikes in my knee and hip and everything. It's not there right now, so I'm pretty delighted with that. Yeah. Soko N. from Minnesota asks, how does thinking about the future look different to someone who is always present? There isn't one. This doesn't mean that if you're, if you're talking to someone like I'd be talking to Uno about something where could happen later or we could do later. It doesn't mean that you don't have some kind of future orientation, but it, it has no, it has no, uh, there's nothing solid there. As soon as the conversation stops, everything collapses. That whole thing is also in the present. The future is always here. Like some advertisement, the future is now. Nah, no, it's not. So there, there's no elaboration on it. So you don't, don't think this doesn't mean you don't remember what happened and uh, like Facebook is always trying to get you to look what happened in 2011. Yeah, you know, like you're interested in that. 
might be interested in the picture they're showing you, but you're not interested in punching that in where it hooks you into a thing where now from now on, all your friends are going to know that, that you just got sucked into 2011. Go ahead. Shadow has another question. If I were clear... <laughs> <That's> very brave. <laughs> <laughs> if I were clear, yes. would my mind function differently? I don't think so. It would just go on. It would just continue to function, just like you, you, your hand doesn't drop off. You know, you're, yeah. it's just that there's no solid being there anymore. So it might be even more fun to talk to you. Were you having trouble breathing? Really? I would think those masks should have some holes punched in them or something <laughs> so you can breathe. <laughs> They're like, snorkel. <laughs> yeah, snorkel. <laughs> You could have a snorkel with a top of a little kind of filter up top, a sneeze catcher or something. It's not that funny, is it? I'm just happy to be out. <laughs> a sneeze catcher? Sneeze catcher. <laughs> yeah, we've been, that's probably what that's about, is we've been, we've been out in the country locked up for two months. What? Nine weeks. Nine weeks, yeah. So therefore, we're uh, and I'm not. My hip is not in pain right now, so that's that's a big contrast over the last. That's week. why when I was happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not whining. <laughs> Throwing your chair across the room. <laughs> I haven't done that in years. <laughs> See how I defended myself. <laughs> I did. I got mad one time six years ago when I had a herniated disc. I was in so much pain. I just thought, "What did I think?" Remember what I thought? It would. Be better if my walker were on the other side. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my walker needs to be over there, stuck in that wall. <laughs> yeah, that was painful. You're easily entertained today. <laughs> okay, so we have some serious meditation students here. Laura is one of them. Yes, Laura Witkowski. Oh, okay. Yeah, the other the other Laura's had a name change. Good. There are times during meditation when it's difficult to keep my eyes open. Is there any benefit to meditation with eyes closed? I don't know if there's a benefit or not, but if, if you're the idea that the instruction is have all the senses open, but if your eyes just naturally close, open them back up. But if they stay closed for 10 minutes or 20 minutes, I don't think that's a problem. But, but endeavor to keep them open. And then, you know, you're we're not trying to argue with the body and force it into some kind of situation. Like some traditions are very, you know, in Tibet, they'll put you in a little box where you can't get out of it. I'm not sure what that was about. Some kind of macho thing, maybe, or not, maybe some other you know, situation. And then in some, especially the Rinzai tradition is extremely, you know, mean. Don't close your eyes. You can't blow your nose. It's, um, it's different, but we don't, we're not going to do that. So, Keep your eyes open. The awareness that you're opening your eyes is, is part of your practice. So you're sitting for a while and you kind of close your eyes. Maybe you might drop off a little bit. But that's also awareness. That anytime you're trying to maintain anything, circles. And this is not American Sign Language for a long time. This is Sokazan's language for circle saw. Oh, Junju has another question. She asks... Most of my thoughts are about food I'm going to eat in the future. Would that change <laughs> <laughs> if I saw there were no future? Uh, no, wouldn't change at all. Be exactly the same. I mean, you might go from whole wheat to rye, but 
basically they'd be the same thing. She's trying to trick me. <laughs> what? She's also trying to schedule an interview, but uh, your time is so booked, I haven't been able to yet. Oh. Well, how could our guy on? Chodo has another question. Yes. What's the motivation behind giving us the what for about our particular neuroses if it's not about us being different? <laughs> for those who are just on a, <laughs> a podcast, <laughs> that might be good music. been locked up too long, <laughs> way too long. So the difference, uh, the, 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 the question shows up in terms of having a different style, different personality, different way of relating to people and so on. And that, and that could happen. But what is different is shows up in, to some extent in that the, the, the identity part of the consciousness uh, is no longer concerned about getting stuff or preventing stuff or doing anything because uh, it's unreal. And if it does show up as uh, having some kind of a wanting to vote on something, you'll listen. The consciousness, the Buddha nature is very kind. We'll always listen to the ego. It doesn't believe it. And, and But the ego mind doesn't really know that because it's not actually not real. So therefore, it's uh, it's taken in. It realizes there's something that's very kind. And so therefore, the ego mind is allowed to keep up its charade as long as it wants to. It doesn't really, it may not really realize that that charade is going to be, is going to be part of Buddha nature, that it is part. There isn't anything that isn't, you have to see the separation, you have to see the falsehood that is buying into that and trying to be somebody, trying to stop things, trying to start things, trying to be proud of things, trying to be ashamed of things, trying to, trying to, trying to, trying to, once that's shown up for what it is, is that the identity is, um, there isn't anything that isn't Buddha nature. So your identity is everywhere all the time. And that little piece, that little chunk of the seventh consciousness or that little chunk of mind that wants to be somebody is uh, included. You don't have to get rid of the ego. Make friends with yourself. Be good to yourself. Be kind. How do I know? I don't know. Brian David has a follow-up question. He asks, where can we access inspiration? Well, to just use a conventional response, I would say you might be, I don't know you, uh, to know how things are working for you, but you could uh, you could go and read uh, some texts are very inspirational Buddhist texts if that's what you're asking about. The Way of the Bodhisattva, Shanti Deva is very inspirational. Um, if you're more of a intellectual uh, direction, and in praise of Dharmadhatu, Nagarjuna's uh, in praise of Dharmadhatu is very inspirational. And obviously. Pavasabandhu's thirty verses or twenty verses that's can be inspirational depending on how your how your uh, what your style is. So, and if you're asking me from another direction, I'm not sure you'd have to be more specific. But I'm, I'm assuming you're talking about a Buddhist approach to life. Don in Virginia asks, "What does lessening my hunger in quotes give space to?" So I wouldn't say lessen your hunger. I would say just watch it. Just just observe the the appetite. Just, just watch that occur. Nothing lasts, and nothing is particularly stable. If you do anything with it, uh, then it tends to stabilize based on your fixation on it. So it appears, because we're not separate from anything, 
I'm sure you wanted to hear that. And but since we there's the illusion of control when we try to do something, that situation we're trying to control tends to solidify and give us a problem. But if you do nothing with it, uh, it, it can't survive. It can't live. Uh, it can't. It can't uh, persist because you're you're you know the one of the martial arts uh, jujitsu uh, judo, but also other martial arts have to do with uh, with just uh, moving with the energy that's moving. Like uh, an ancient uh, um, spiritual path in China, uh, that when Buddhism came to China, Taoism uh, looked at Buddhism and said, "Yeah, Taoism." So it's called the Way, uh, the Watercourse Way, Mind Like Water, Mizu no Kokoro or Kokura Kokoro, Mizu no Kokoro. Is that how it goes? You don't know Japanese, but it's mind like mind like water. Wherever it just finds its own uh, shape. Water takes the shape of whatever it's with. Jiuzan asks, how can I sit with myself as a mountain does if I'm always fitting other people's descriptions? That's the only way you can do it. That's how you do it. That's the only way you can do it. You just described your path. And that's why you have a, That's why you have the name you have. Everybody else, I, Junkie Mountain, Mouse Mountain, Wisdom Mountain, uh, Fulbright, Fulbright Scholarship Mountain, uh, <laughs> Lackadaisical Mountain. But no, you have Freedom Mountain. Good luck, Freedom Mountain. ji u Freedom Mountain. The freedom is already the case. There's nothing to liberate. Keep going. Yes. Sato asks. Oh, oh. <laughs> Go ahead. Is less slap happy best? Yes. From where I'm sitting, more slap happy is best. <laughs> slap happy. <laughs> what did I name her? Spirit sword? No. Be careful you don't poke yourself with that. <laughs> <laughs> I would say you're right. I would agree. It seems you've exhausted the list that's been put in front of me, but... Well, it's 12 after 9. Any uh, questions from the peanut gallery? Here's a peanut. Yes. Thank you, Valerie. Thank you. Um, after one wakes up, um, are any thoughts or actions extra? No, you're free. You're 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 liberated from the very thing that used to be your chains, and so therefore they're 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 unreal. So therefore there are there aren't there aren't any. The very the very thing that was that had you encapsulated or crushed or confined uh, is uh, you're not separate from any of that so you're not only the buddha nature you are the chains everything there's uh, you realize it you realize that everything is nothing is separate from anything else so you're liberated from the illusion of a self and the illusion of another you're the illusion of warfare the illusion of love fair any kind of polarity the kind of love that is talked about here is uh, demands nothing doesn't need anything else it's just complete openness if it shows up relatively, it'll be. Uh, it could be anything. It could be. It could be aggression. It could be tenderness. It could be beige. Or are we? Are we at the end of our sojourn? I think so. We could dedicate the mirror. Very good. We'll dedicate the mirror. And again, we'd like to continue thanking everybody for their generosity throughout these difficult times. We are certainly extremely appreciative of all the financial help that comes our way. Thank you. 
May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna, Parvita. O Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the Ten Directions and the Three Times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering and fill them with light. <laughs> 